This is Ginger Taylor, in many words. Everything is training for the next thing. The national average for the cost of a personal trainer is between $40 and $70 an hour. The cost of being trained as a Marine on Paris Island is your whole life. Training is very expensive. We pay a lot of money to get trained in the various things we want to be good at. But why do we run away from God when he presents us hardship? Why do we flee trials when God says he puts them in our lives to make us strong? And he says he puts them in our lives to make us perfect. James 1, 2 through 4 says this, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. For you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. This is one of the first verses that I uh, memorized as a uh, young girl whose life was filled with lots of little heartbreaks, who was very much afraid of pain. And God has used it mightily in my life ever since. Over the years, I learned to condense this idea into one simple phrase. Everything is training for the next thing. When I could remind myself that this present hardship, if for no other reason, was put in my life to make me stronger, to prepare me for something that was more difficult or that had bigger stakes. And that would really help me shore myself up, put on my big girl pants, realize that this was military-like training, and that I was to consider it joy. First of all, that God loved me. Second of all, that he loved me enough to refine me. And third, that he loved me enough to use me for his plans in difficult circumstances. And when I have managed to keep this in mind, it has served me very well. In 2004, my son was diagnosed with autism after two serious vaccine reactions. And in 2007, after um, a very, very painful and difficult and disappointing and heartbreaking three years, I was able to write this about my son's injury and his disability. It lays the groundwork for God to be able to make you into a person who really knows him and understands the world the way that he does. The Corps has to strip away much of the man that showed up on their doorstep before they can build a Marine. My first three years as the parent of an injured child has been a spiritual Paris island. By trying things based on the old paradigm, failing, and having to go back and relearn the basics, it has brought me back to a faith in God that I have not known in 15 years. A more childlike faith that was less concerned with how I appeared and more concerned with just trying to learn from God how to get it right. His right, not the world's right. It is a faith that is removing my independence and accomplishments and taking me back to the dependency and instability that I knew when I first met Jesus. As I am pushing 40, I am learning how little I really know, how weak I really am, and how much the smallest thing that I give to God really counts. And God has used my son to do it. That is the blessing of the disabled child. At 53, I can look back and see how considering joy and the now seemingly small, tearful heartbreaks of a young 13-year-old girl prepared a 22-year-old to get back up off a mat and prepared a young disability mom to, quote-unquote, fall down seven times, get up eight, and how she became a middle-aged mom who would walk into a room with people that she knew hated her and knew they were going to punch her in the face and stood her ground, and how that has turned into an aging woman who can really stand up and say, I will not comply, regardless of consequences, because all of the little trainings along the way and all the little considerations of joy made it possible to keep going in obedience through horrible and painful things that make me want to fall down and collapse on the floor. And I'm still that person. I'm still very much that 13-year-old whose heart just breaks 
over the things that she wants to be true. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And so I'm reminded that I need to hope only in the Lord and not in worldly circumstances. Because the more I do that, the less grief I will suffer. But that grief will never go away. So we have to grieve the hardship and know that God has brought it to us, both to serve him and to serve us, to make us strong, to make us more perfect, to make us more wise. Which brings us to the next section of scripture. James 1 verses 5 through 8 says this. But if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But he should ask in faith, not doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is tossed and driven about by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, since he is a man of two minds and unstable in all his ways. So if we are willing to look at hardship as training, and we are willing to take joy in God's love for us, and appreciate using us for his purposes, and value the fact that he is stretching us and training us for difficulty, for higher stakes, uh, for greater service, in believing that he will make us wise in the process. Then he promises to make us wise in the process. There is no debate that we are in hard times right now. And barring Christ showing up himself, there's every reason to believe that times are going to get harder. So to quote the Navy SEALs, embrace the suck. Stop running from difficulty. Understand that this is strength training. It is training in wisdom. It is a chance for us to strip away this stupid stuff in our lives. The distractions. I had a conversation with my son where I gave him the analogy of, you know, you can stay on the highway or you can pull off and circle a cul-de-sac for a long time. Or you can decide to get back on the highway and keep going down the road that God has you on. So we all get stuck in these little cul-de-sacs. We need to get those habits out of our lives. We need to say goodbye to them. We need to genuinely grieve the losses that we have experienced. I want to minimize that at all. Because pain is real and it is difficult. And as a therapist, I can attest to the fact that people need to grieve loss. But when that grieving is done, we get back up off the mat. We consider it joy that God has seen fit to train us. We figure out what obedience is. We put one foot in front of the other and we keep going. Because everything is training for the next thing. This has been Ginger Taylor, in many words. 